1: What's up, fellow fantasy managers? Welcome back to another episode of the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com. My name is Jake Crumpler, and it's the weekend, so as always, I'll be taking over for Bubba as the host of the weekend editions of the podcast. You can follow me at Jake Crumpler on Twitter, and can find all of my work at CrumplerBaseball.com. Let's dive into everything baseball-related from Saturday, May 13th kick it off. As always, with the transactions, injuries, news, and notes from around the league, we had a few IL placements, including outfielder Max Kepler of the Twins, who landed on the 10-day IL with a strained left hamstring. He'll likely miss the minimum amount of time, and outfielder Trevor Larnach was recalled to replace him in the outfield. If he can tame his strikeout struggles, he could be a legitimate fantasy asset in the power department. Elsewhere, second baseman Elvis Andrews of the Chicago White Sox was placed on the 10-day IL with a left oblique strain. These kinds of injuries can be pretty serious, so there's a chance Andrews misses more than just a few weeks. Infielder Romy Gonzalez was recalled, but it's likely that Hanser Alberto will take over for Andrews at the keystone position in Chicago. Lastly, starting pitcher Antonio Senzatella was placed on the 15-day IL with a strained right elbow. The early diagnosis is not good, and it's possible he will need Tommy John surgery to fix that injury. In terms of transactions, starting pitcher Ranger Suarez was officially activated from the 15-day IL, and he had missed the first start of the season with a strained left elbow, but he made his debut on Saturday in Colorado, tossing four innings allowing seven hits, three earned runs, one walk while striking out four. He had ten whiffs and a 25% CSW across 72 pitches. It's a pretty solid debut considering the circumstances in Coors and he should be regular old Ranger Suarez throughout the rest of the season. The last few transactions include infielder Bobby Dahlbeck being optioned to the minors, starting pitcher Levi Stout being recalled by the Reds, and starting pitcher James Caprillion being recalled by the A's to start on Saturday, he sort of returned to form, tossing seven innings, allowing six hits with three in-runs and one walk while striking out seven. He had 14 whiffs and a 29% CSW, but even with Caprillion at his best, he's pretty much just a Toby on a bad team, so he's not a, an immediate pickup in any sense of the word. In terms of news, third baseman Jake Berger is likely to be activated from the 10-day IL tomorrow, but his role is pretty uncertain on the south side of Chicago with Yohan Moncada having also returned recently and currently manning third base. Lastly, shortstop Brandon Crawford of the Giants is expected to be activated from the 10-day IL tomorrow as well. He should retake his rightful spot at shortstop. The real question surrounds Casey Schmidt's role after he's gotten off to a blazing start to his MLB career. Where is he going to end up? Will he be the third baseman? Will he force Crawford into a platoon role? We'll see. Now we'll look at our notable performances from around the league on Saturday, a day in which we had a full slate of 15 games, one of which was between the Nationals and the Mets and was suspended, and that game will be continued to today we'll start off with our hitters leading off with aaron judge who went two for four with two runs blasting two dingers with four RBIs and a walk. He's up to eight home runs now. Both home runs left the bat with an exit velocity of at least 106 miles per hour, with the second one traveling 439 feet with 113.5 mile per hour exit velocity. This is his second multi-homer game of the season and the 29th of his career, which ties Alex Rodriguez for the fifth most in Yankees history. Judge's underlying metrics have yet to reach a large enough sample size to fully trust, but not much has changed from last year's MVP campaign. I'd expect Judge to continue to be a well above average fantasy contributor as long as he can stay on the field. Don't be upset if he doesn't reach last year's heights because that's almost impossible for anybody to do. Alex kirillov of the Twins took down the Cubs alongside his, the rest of his team, the Twins. He went three for three, scoring three times, blasting a couple homers, hitting double and knocking in two runs, his first two home runs of the year there. Both of them left the bat with an exit velocity of at least 101 miles per hour. Kirilov has been playing first base every day since being recalled and There's never really been any question about Kirilov's skill. It's always been a concern about how his wrist will hold up for an extended period of time. It's bothered him for the past few years and seems to always be an issue. He continues to move up the lineup in Minnesota, though, and he batted second on Saturday. So I think Kirilov should be widely rostered until that wrist eventually starts bothering him again. Another multi-home run campaign occurred in Milwaukee where Christian Yelich helped the Brewers take down the Royals, going two for four, scoring twice, knocking out two home runs, and knocking in three runs. He's up to six home runs on the year now. Both of his home runs left the bat with an exit velocity of at least 105 miles per hour. Yelich was somewhat of a boring across-the-board contributor heading into this season. Didn't have a lot of draft type in shallower leagues, and he won't really ever recapture his MVP days of 2018 and 2019, but he's gotten off to a quietly great start in 2023. He's now up to six home runs and eight stolen bases, which puts him on a 20-30 pace in terms of home runs and steals, which we'll play in pretty much every format except for maybe worst ball leagues, but it's a plus that he also leads off every day for an offense that isn't bad. So I think Yelich is actually somebody that is an unheralded member of your fantasy squad, but his consistency and production in all categories makes him basically an invaluable member of your team. Mickey Moniak of the Angels got a start against the Guardians, a game in which the Angels lost, but It wasn't due to Moniak because he went three for four scoring three times with a home run and RBI and two stolen bases with Taylor Ward's slow start to the season in Anaheim. Moniak might actually have a path to an everyday role if Moniak can wiggle his way into a platoon role and eventually take over full time duties in the outfield by proving his ability to hit southpaws. He may actually become a legitimate fantasy asset with a power speed combo that is difficult to find as well as leading off in front of Shohei Otani and Mike Trout which is a very coveted place to be. It might be worth to make a low fab stab at Moniac this weekend in deep leagues before his stock skyrockets but don't go too crazy just yet this is just one game but he was really great in the minors before Saturday elsewhere we'll run down three more real quick Dominic Fletcher of the Diamondbacks is catching fire he's had multiple hits in each of his last three games and is now homered in back to back games while driving in a whopping 11 runs during that three game hot stretch I would probably just put him on your watch list right now but he was a semi-top prospect for the Diamondbacks so there's definitely a little bit of hype there. Yandy Diaz hit his 10th home run for the Rays and that surpasses last season's total already. We're halfway through May right now. Yandy's well on his way to an MVP caliber campaign as he's looking like one of the best pure hitters in all of baseball. And lastly, Jake Fraley of the Reds continued his hot streak. He provided a sock and a shoe a day after he homered twice and he might be worth riding until he cools off. But if you'd like a breakdown of all of the notable hitting performances from Saturday, make sure to check out the Daily Batters Box article over on pitcherlist.com. Now we'll head to the mound and check out the notable starting pitching performances, starting off with John Gray against the Oakland A's. He took home the win, tossing eight innings, allowing just three hits with no one runs, two walks while striking out five. He had just seven whiffs and a 27% CSW, but he took full advantage of a very cushy matchup in Oakland. He wasn't completely dominant with his repertoire in this one, but it worked out against the A's. It's worth noting that his slider sat two and a half miles per hour higher, so he might be toying with that pitch to get it right to recapture the form that it had last year so that's definitely something to keep an eye on and Gray has another great matchup next time out against Rocky Road so no reason to suggest that he's going to slow down anytime soon. Bryce Miller of the Mariners continued his incredible start to his career in Detroit helping his team to the win. He tossed seven innings of shutout baseball allowing just three hits while striking out three. He had seven whiffs and a 24% CSW and it was all thanks to what may be considered the best fastball in the game. Doesn't have the same velocity as other other elite heaters, but it makes up for it with unprecedented perceived rise and spin. The fastball went just 18% CSW in this one, but the kind matchup helped cushion the blow on Saturday. Miller has now allowed just one run across his first three starts, encompassing 19 innings, and he hasn't given up more than three base runners in any of them. Miller will have a good test of his true talent in Atlanta next time out, but I think I'm starting him there for sure. Tyler Wells of the Orioles helped his team to a win against the Pirates, tossing seven innings of shutout baseball allowing just one hit with two walks while striking out eight he had 18 whiffs and a 34 percent csw wells has a very deep repertoire and it helped him earn a share of the gallows pole on saturday with those 18 whiffs his fastball slider and change were each above 31 percent csw and wells was a preseason plv darling the six foot eight pitcher is living up to the hype so far currently holds a 2.68 era and a 0.72 whip across his first eight starts and he really has enough weapons to survive six frames against all but but maybe the best offenses. That notion will be tested in Wells' next matchup versus Shohei Otani in the Angels, but I'm 100% starting him there. Joe Ryan of the Twins helped his team to a win against the Cubs, tossing six innings of shutout baseball, allowing just four hits, one walk, while striking out double-digit 10 batters. He had 18 whiffs and a 35% CSW that tied him for the Gallows poll with those 18 whiffs, and he earned the King Cole with 35% CSW because he tossed over 100 pitches. So that's technically a golden goal for Joe Ryan. His fastball did all of the work here, inducing 13 whiffs and a 42% CSW. Ryan is looking like an ace this year. He's posted a 2.16 ERA, a 0.84 whip, and a 29.7% strikeout rate across his first 50 innings in 2023. Honestly, I think he's comfortably in my top 20 starting pitchers right now, and he'll look to prove the haters wrong in his next matchup in Anaheim. The last two will start off with Chris Sale versus the Cardinals in a tough luck loss for the Red Sox. He tossed eight innings, allowing three hits, one run, one walk while striking out nine. He had 16 whiffs and a 32% CSW while tossing 110 pitches. Sale did about all he could in this one, but the bullpen couldn't finish off the win. He had a great feel for his slider here, recording 11 whiffs and a 47% CSW with the pitch. It's not too late to buy low while his ERA is still over five, so definitely send out a couple trade offers to the manager of Sale in your league. His next start is a tough one in San Diego, but Sale's been pretty exceptional in four of his last five starts with a 2.22 ERA and 24 and a third innings in those four starts. Lastly, Sandy Alcantara took home the loss versus the Reds. He tossed seven and two-thirds innings, allowing seven hits and six earned runs with two walks while striking out nine. He had 18 whiffs, earned a gallows pull, a share of it at the very least, and a 33% CSW, and this was very unfortunate because the manager just left him out there a little bit too long as he surrendered three runs in the eighth inning, and he was looking great up until then. He had a share of the gallows pull, like I said before, that blow up. All four of his pitches induced at least four whiffs and I think Alcantara is another buy low candidate with his ERA sitting very close to five at 4.91 because Sandy sort of looks like his usual self and sort of been a bit unlucky this year this one being unlucky to have pitched too long but Alcantara will look to bounce back in his next start in San Francisco but if you'd like a breakdown of every single start from Saturday make sure to give the Plus Pitch podcast a listen and go read Nick's daily starting pitcher roundup over on pitcherlist.com. Now we'll head to the bullpen and look at pitchers that got saves and closers that pitched outside of save situations or blew their saves. For the saves guys, Caleb Ferguson got a save after Bruce Dark Gratterall was unable to get the save after Evan Phillips pitched the eighth. It was a very weird turn of events, but Ferguson got the final out there to earn the save. Wandy Peralta got his second save in a row, so I'm not sure what's going on in New York, but maybe Wandy's the new closer there. Alexis Diaz got another save. Jordan Romano got another save. He's up to 10. Giovanni Gallegos got a save after Ryan Helsley pitched two innings on Friday. Trevor Steffen got a save after Emmanuel Classe blew a save on Friday. Felix Bautista got a save. Kendall Graveman got his second save. And Gregory Soto got a save as Craig Kimbrell was resting. Now for our closers to pitch outside of save situations or blow their saves. Andrew Chafin, once again, did not pitch in a save situation. So it looks like he might be losing his claim of that role in Arizona. Kenley Jansen also blew a save for the second day in a row. And he'll likely need some time to rest to get his mind right after those two. Devin Williams pitched in a tie game and took home the win after After his team walked it off and Pierce Johnson pitched in a game in which his team was losing. So I don't know what the Rockies were doing there. Maybe just getting him some work. But if you'd like a rundown of the big performances out of the bullpen on Saturday, make sure to check out the daily reliever ranks article on Pitcherlist.com. Sunday's version was written by yours truly. But before we look forward to today, we're going to take a quick break.
0: When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat. But Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat.
1: Now we'll send it over to the wonderful Mark Paquette with the weather. Thanks, Jake. It's the end of the week. Sunday, full slate of games, mainly in the afternoon. And the good news is we're not going to have any weather issues. So play anyone you want in DFS. in season long, you're good to go as well. Have a good one. Back to you. Thanks, Mark. Now we'll look forward to Sunday, May 14th, which is Mother's Day. So if you forgot, you still have a little bit of time to go get some flowers or write your mother or grandma or wife or significant other or whatever a a very nice card. But we've got 16 games as obviously we'll be finishing up that suspended game between the Nats and the Mets. But we'll look forward by talking about some probable starters. My matchup of the day is Lucas Giolito versus Hunter Brown. Both of these guys have great repertoires. They're fun pitchers to watch and they can dominate on any given day. Our auto start tier has four guys, including Freddie Peralta versus the Royals, Logan Gilbert in Detroit, Max Scherzer in Washington, and Logan Webb in Arizona. Probably start tier has 10 pitchers, and our questionable start tier has five, and that's where we'll find our streamer of the day in Louis Varland versus the Chicago Cubs. He's been pretty solid through his first few starts in the majors this year, and it's not the worst matchup. I'm a little hesitant there with that one, but I think it's a, a one of the better options. I'd also keep an eye out for another young pitcher in Brandon Fott versus the Giants. He has been pretty be awful in his first two starts in the majors, but he was a hyped prospect for a reason and it was great in AAA, and this might be the start where he finally figures everything out in the majors. In terms of hitter suggestions, the Phillies and the Rockies will once again be playing in Coors. Aaron Nola's going for the Phillies, so the Rockies aren't really a great option, but it's still Coors and Kyle Freeland goes for the Rockies, so you might want to target some righties on the Phillies. And I'd also target Rangers hitters versus Drew Rasinski of the A's in Oakland. He has an 8.16 ERA during his first three starts this year, and they Rangers hitters might be able to take advantage. I've liked what Ezekiel Duran has been doing this year, and Robbie Grossman and Brad Miller could be sneaky options there as well. Now let's close things out with our relievers to watch. Kenley Jansen has gone back-to-back, and in three of the past four days, he blew each of his past two saves, so Chris Martin or John Schreiber will get the ninth today. Alexis Diaz of the Reds has pitched on consecutive days, so Lucas Sims should get a shot to Vulture a save. Andrew Chafin may not even be the closer right now, but he's pitched in each of the last two and three of the past four days, so Miguel Castro may get another save for the D-backs after getting one on Friday. And lastly, Evan Phillips has pitched back-to-back days, so Bruised Dark Gratterall may get a shot at redemption after failing to record the save on Saturday. But, that'll do it for today's episode of the First Pitch Podcast. Make sure to head on over to PitcherList.com to check out all the great articles and features we have on the site, including fantastic player pages and daily DFS suggestions. Join PL Pro to gain access to the Discord to interact with PitcherList staff like myself and members of the community, and will utilize the in-season tools to help you win your leagues that'll wrap up this edition of the podcast you can follow me on twitter at jake crumpler Bubba will be back with you on monday and throughout the week but make sure to tune in tomorrow and every day for a new installment of the podcast and enjoy the day as we are blessed with another day of baseball